You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 101. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hey there, everybody. So we've got an interview today with two awesome rock stars we wanted to share with you, uh, Matt and Elizabeth, who we worked with here recently, who are going to, we're we're kind enough to share their story and everything that they went through and how they turned their relationship around. It's going to be super helpful for a lot of people. But before we did that, we just wanted to chat for a bit because, you know, I know it hasn't maybe been longer than normal for you since we've chatted, but it's actually been a little longer than normal for us because the last episode was episode 100, and that took a long time to get up and out after we started working on it. So, Yeah, it was like somebody who really needed to be worked into before sex. You know, it's like you get ready, and you have everything together. and You realize like, you're not ready enough. Yeah, you're not ready enough, and you need to work it out and massage it and do all the things. And then finally, you're like, all right, we're there. And it's like, no, not yet. Not quite there yet. And finally, finally you get there and you're like, are we there? And it's like, yes, we're there. And it's fucking amazing. But it took a lot of work to get there. If you haven't listened to episode 100, you need to listen to it. It was pretty cool. Don't know when the next time we're going to do that is. Definitely not for another 100 episodes at least. But it was pretty nifty. And it hasn't been all work and no play for us, actually. We've actually managed to get away twice in the last little bit. And I don't think we've had a chance to really talk about either. I don't know. Did we talk about the one? Don't know. It doesn't matter. We can talk about it again for a minute. Yeah. But we had, so we were actually, we had our, I don't know, triadiversary. Mm-hmm. Triadiversary. We're, we're going to make that a word. <laughs> uh, this past month, and it was a number of years, some mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say six. Mm-hmm. There. See, I knew. Yeah. See? Props to me, our six-year triadiversary, and Cassie's parents, being the awesome humans that they are, were like, "Give us the baby, give yeah. us the baby." You should go have just the adults for your triadiversary. So they took the man cub and the baby. That was our first night without the baby since baby. Which was terrifying. Her, her for almost me. four months of life. Yeah, very terrifying. But my parents were awesome. And my dad was actually the one who convinced us to stay a little longer. He was like, go, enjoy you your mean a couple time. hours long. We did a but, night. But it was great. A though. bit longer than we had originally planned. And he was like, yeah, do it. And, you know, enjoy your time. The three of you should celebrate your time that you've been together. Yeah. But we went to we went to New Jersey, which isn't too far from us. Went to a uh, Found a, a reasonably priced hotel with a little beach. So we got like a day and a half of beach, which is about as much as I can beach mm-hmm. without losing my mind. So that worked out perfectly. But it was really cool. We got to see some interesting things like little tiny crabs on the on the beach and some fishies and all the snails. I don't know what it is with the beach that we were on, but there was like thousands and thousands of these little tiny snails everywhere. The only bad part was... Nobody up there was social distancing very well. Not where we were at. We've been told it's just South Jersey. I don't know. We talked to somebody who lives in New Jersey, and they told us it's only South Jersey. That isn't really doing the social distancing thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just going off what I'm told. But that was the only downside. But it was pretty. It was cool. We got a little scene in. That was... Yeah, we had a we had a try scene. Try we just going to put try. Try out a scene. Try anniversary. Try out a scene. Yeah, which was really cool. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often, but you know, like when we take our partner on vacation and we get a hotel room and you know, it's It's, our anniversary and you know, novelty and all that, and we get play occasionally. Thank you. Some of you have partners like that. Thank you, Amanda. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of you are in positions where you're like, it takes a lot to get my partner there. Yep. I feel you. Go do stuff. Make it happen. Yep. But. But what I was going to say is you actually got your first like real New Jersey experience though while we were there. Oh, I forgot <laughs> about that. So right before we left, like, okay, we got to get some food and I can't do the gluten thing. So like, okay, there's this place near the beach. Uh, we can stop and grab some food for the road. And they look like they have a pretty pretty good gluten-free menu. So I called the guy. I called, well, I called the restaurant. The guy answers the phone. I'm like, hey, how is, uh, you know, how is this this dish here? And he's like, well, I sell a fuck ton of them. So I guess it's okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, then I'll have that. So then we got there. Yeah. And so he he looks over at you and he's like, you know. As we get in there, he's playing on his, dude, I, it's the same guy. He's, he's sitting there like at like the host stand, like playing on his phone. He must have been the owner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, I'm playing my game. <laughs> like, I'm trying to finish my game. What are you doing? What are you doing? But yeah, so Rigel got his first, uh, you know, New Jersey interaction. Uh, I wish I remember the name of that place. It was pretty good. The food was good, but Uh, yeah. I can't remember it. But when you had him on speaker and you were like, so how's the eggs and quinoa? No, we sell a fuck ton ton of of those. Okay. All right. (laughs) Sounds good to me. But yeah, so that was fun. And then we took, so that was just the adults. And then we took the three of us and Man Cub and the the baby who I think we've decided, you know, because people had asked us before what we were calling her and we said she would earn her own name. And I think that we've decided that her nickname on the show is Little Lion, which is because when she gets upset, not when she's actually real crying, but when she's disapproving of something. And wants you to know about it. She does this thing that's like around. It's very <laughs> unique. It sounds like a like a like a baby lion getting pissed off. So we're always like little lion. So that's what we're going to be calling her. That and I think a mixture of little one, because that's what you tend to call her a lot. I'll probably do that by accident. But yeah. So, oh, and we went to Skyline Drive Mm -hmm. and we did some hiking and we have an awesome baby backpack that we got that you can like a baby cockpit and you can put the baby in and hike. So she got to actually do some real like not mountain climbing, but mountain climbing. Mountain riding. Mountain. Yeah. She got to ride. Didn't climb mountains like vertically, like need a rope and harness with the baby, but baby got to see, baby got to go up a couple mountains. So the camping trip was pretty awesome all around. We did have some challenges though. Um, it was really one challenge. One challenge. The 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 little lion got her immunizations a couple weeks back, and long story short, they did them in her car seat. And, and she is now terrified of car seat. Yes. Car seat is now very scary. So whenever we would get her into the car, she would freak out. She was perfectly fine on the trails. We could be out in the hot weather, everything else. Car seat, freak out. And so on the way back, she was doing her freak out thing the whole week. And we were really trying to figure out, you know, how can we make the baby happy in the car seat? Because she legitimately is very upset about it. And at one point, well, you sort of had like the worst nightmare you could have ever had in your life, right, Rigel? Um, so we're we're driving down the road and we are Anybody who's singing. been listening to this show, let me preface this. Anybody who's been following this show knows that I specifically did not want a kid. This was not the goal for me, but I've definitely fallen in love with the little one since she's been here. But with prefacing that, go ahead, Cassie. So we started singing Jingle Bells in July. (laughs) While driving down the mountain with a screaming baby. (laughs) Who's been screaming. Who's been screaming pretty much nonstop the entire week and every time we're in the car. (laughs) And then in the midst of us singing Jingle Bells as a family, like something you'd see out of a really bad sitcom, (laughs) Rigel turns and says to me, Go ahead, say it. I don't remember. Oh, you said Pretty much, yeah, this is what I was expecting. I don't know. Was that it? No, you were like, you were, You said that earlier when she was crying, but you said at that moment, you were like, this is, a, this is my nightmare. This really is my nightmare. And I was like, so like, I was like, what do you mean by that? And you're like, my hell. And I was just like, at that point, I was like, I'm not going to say anything else to you. <laughs> And then we resume singing Jingle Bells. So I don't think that really helped. 
yeah, it was a we, we've had a good time. What else, Cassie? What else? Unfortunately, our we've been having some pretty cool scenes, but all of our awesome stories that we have a lot of times are still somewhat limited right now. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, we're not seeing as many folks, but we've had some some we've had some fun times. Actually, something that I think is funny. Have we mentioned on the show like your sleeping arrangement? I don't know, but now is the time if we haven't. So Rigel has start with the understanding <laughs> that we have like a bed that is about 12 feet long. So it's it's a king next to a queen. 13. We actually 13, 13 foot. We actually the three of us actually built this bed after Amanda had been living here a while because a king size bed was just not big enough for the way that everybody slept to actually for people to actually sleep well in the bed. Rigel has a very hard time sleeping, which is an understatement. He wakes himself up if he moves his own blanket. So like (laughs) he'll be sleeping and like move and he's like, what the hell? Very, very light sleeper. Noise wakes you up. All kinds of things. So a little while ago, well, you went through like a phase of like trying everything from like white noise to like face masks to like, I think. I still use white noise. Yeah. Like praying to the sleep gods. And no, that was called giving you a (laughs) blowjob. There you go. I am the sleep god. At this point, you have it sounds like something we need to try more often. If if that'll work, I will I will I'll say it'll work. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, at this point, Rigel has a bed in the closet. We yes. have a very large closet. Which I'm actually really happy that we so I started doing this before the baby came, a couple months before the baby came. It worked really well. So we have we have a you know, we talked occasionally about the weirdnesses of our house. One of the cool things about the weirdnesses of our house is our bedroom actually has an enormous closet. So like it we is were, a room in a room. It, it's like a tiny room. And so we actually put there's just enough. It's just wide enough to fit a like a a twin bed in there, like the right direction. So it's not taking up the whole closet. So I'm so glad we did that before the baby, though, because to be honest with the way I sleep and as noisily as that baby sleeps, I would not be sleeping at all right now. But sorry, go ahead. I digress from whatever sexy thing you're trying to get to. (laughs) Yeah. So the sexy thing is now that there's the bed in there, you know, I know it's kind of silly to go in and like molest you in there, but it makes me feel like we're going to get in trouble and like we're hiding from like our parents or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not really hiding from Amanda. I mean, we kind of are. Normally she watches. So maybe. I don't know. But anyway, it gives me like She doesn't even have a voyeur cam in there. Yeah. She can't even spy on the voyeur cam. But yeah, it gives me like this feeling of like being like, you know, like, shh, don't make noise in here. And like, it's arbitrary, but it's fun for me. I've been enjoying that. What I was going to say is is that listeners, if you are ever bored, something to do is like pretend that like you're going to get caught. Have sex in your closets. It's very, very much underrated. I mean, be careful. Like obviously, you know, if your closet has like a bunch of stuff in it, be careful. Don't you don't want to die in your closet having sex like that is not a way you want to get caught. It is not. So. I don't really know how to wrap this around, folks, but that's what's been going on with us. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that we're going to call that it for now and hop over to Matt and Elizabeth and these rock stars and their amazing story of how they turn their relationship from a place of arguing and really being at the end of their rope to being absolutely amazing. Matt Elizabeth, I'm happy you could join us. And I am I, I told you I was a little shocked with the the background you made. It took me a minute to realize you made like your own themed background for the interviews. That's kind of fantastic. I did that for y'all. I appreciate you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thanks for getting on with us today, honestly. And you know, it's I know you two have just graduated here recently, and like I'm just happy to be able to talk to you again for one thing. So I'm really, really happy to have you two on. Yeah, and just Watching the two of you from the beginning to now has been a lot of fun. And it's one of those things where we have been able to see you grow. And from the first time that we talked with being very shy on your one-on-one call to 
getting up and speaking loudly and, and things like that in our group calls has been really awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's do this. Why don't we just, so we're going to kind of dive into some questions, but just big picture in a couple of sentences. What are some of the results that you got through the program? Let's see. One of the biggest issues we were having was um, effective communication. So I'd say that's the, the biggest thing we got out of it was the ability to communicate our own sides without blame and coming from a perspective of trying to understand each other instead of reacting to each other. What about for you, Matt? I would definitely say one of the things that has helped us the most has definitely been the communication tools you guys have uh, laid out in the program. You know, the and what else and the, the check-ins and knowing what is whose responsibility in the relationship as far as communication and feelings and things like that. And you guys both not being uh, in any way afraid to call either of us out on, wait, 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 you know, that's, that's not your job, Matt. That's not your job or Liz's job, Matt, or that's not Matt's job, Liz. That's, that's your job and no one else's things like that, that are really simple after they're said, but unless they're said, you don't, you know, people don't tell that to other people about relationships. Usually when you're talking to friends, they're like, oh, yeah, he's just not listening or she's just that or whatever. But you guys laid out very, you very thoroughly defined what things are whose job and whose responsibility as far as just reality goes, which was immensely helpful. I told you coming in, we're, we're, uh, we're pretty opinionated. So accountability, I think is the word you used. <laughs> <laughs> really? I like it. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't use opinionated, but accountability works too. <laughs> I use opinionated a lot. So listen, like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm just really happy to be chatting with you two again. And like I said, watching your progress was amazing. So I tell you what, um, let's kind of walk through some of this stuff if you don't mind, and we'll have some fun. I know it's funny. You guys, you guys are so, uh, uh, I'm so used to seeing you two so amped up on the calls and I'm watching you get a little shy again. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I know because it's being recorded. I know. And I, I, haven't, I haven't had any wine yet. Well, yes, but. Wine's helpful. Audio. Yeah, no, it's, it, we're going to have fun. Don't worry. You, you literally cannot mess this up. Just be honest and be yourselves. You're fine. You're fine. You're good. I promise. So listen, uh, tell me this a little bit. So, so you two, can you tell me a little bit about where you were at? Like a little bit about your background, like with like relationship wise, how long you were together and then where you were at actually when you, before you found us. Well, where to start? <laughs> how long have you two been, how long have you two been together for? Uh, okay. So we have been together since 2011. So we're coming up on nine, nine years. years. Last summer. We started a spontaneous relationship with another, a third, and our whole relationship, Matt and I um, had discussed bringing in a third, but we never got to a spot where, one, where I trusted him enough for that, and I think it, it, it had to do a lot with trust, and we argued a lot, so I knew that wasn't a good time to bring somebody into the relationship. Last summer, we were in a pretty good spot for a long time. So I thought, okay, it's happening now. And then things started declining again. And we started repeating the same arguing patterns. And I got very defeated. I wasn't really sure what more I could do to help grow the relationship. And that's when I posted on Facebook and Cassie found me and she responded so you had, um, you see, you two had been, you, you two had some kind of struggles actually before actually exploring the non-monogamy side of things. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Was it mainly the arguing? It's been a little while for me. You probably remember this a little better than I do from talking to you the first time. I remember the arguing and the trust were both kind of historical things, right? Yes. Okay. How long had that been? Like how long had those been challenges in your relationship for? Five years? Yeah, that sounds about right. The arguing, the the trust has been there for well, a couple was, years longer than that. It was lacking from the beginning in its own ways, but yeah. for very 
we both, specific and reasonable reasons. We both came in, in pretty damaged from yeah. past. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's taken us years to just get over that and comfortable with each other and then normal relationship bullshit that happens and getting over that. And then relationships are hard. Yeah. Relationships are hard. You know, I think that's one thing a lot of people don't appreciate a lot is like, I think a lot of times when we're talking to people initially about what we do, a lot of people think that it's all about the polyamory, which some of it's about the polyamory, but like most of the people that we, we talk to, there's other relationship stuff going on besides just polyamory. And a lot of times it's been going on for a while before that. When, how were you two feeling in terms of like how, how connected you two were before the program and with where you two were at after that period of time? Like how was the connection? How was the passion? The connection was challenged to the easiest way to say it. It was still there. We were still very connected, but for reasons, a lot of them linking to before our relationship and having our daughter together and raising kids and having a family and all that, we still had a connection. Business. Business. You know, business of having our business, the business of running a family, the business of, and, and just having a family together in general. And actually, in most rights and in most aspects of our life, we were on the same page in so many ways. It just seemed like romantically, as far as anything surrounding romantically, we were we were in a dip, I guess is the best way to say it right now. We were in a, a low spot. The trust was, was challenged, but our attraction to each other while still there was not, you know, through the roof or anything. Mostly we were just in a place where it was, we were, we were having difficulties with each other is the easiest way to put it. And it's hard to define without going way, way back and really going on a long speech about it, I guess. I agree. I think romantically, it's so easy to get so wrapped up in the day-to-day bullshit of normal life with business and job and school and errands and kids and um, hanging out with your friends and finding time for you, finding time for your kids, finding time for your relationship, finding time for all this stuff. And I think we very easily put each other and our intimate relationship on the back burner while we were taking care of everything else. And then that ended up leading to resentment, lack of communication, and also both of us struggling with our own issues mentally and not knowing how to communicate that effectively. Okay. Hey, and listen, by the way, just as we're going through this stuff, right? I'm, I'm, covering this stuff because your two's transformation has been incredible, right? And I know that there's other people in the same position you are in, but if at any point we get to a point where you're not, you're not comfortable going into that detail, just, just let me know, right? And we can, we can kind of shift on to something else. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm putting that out there. I'll talk about anything. I, uh, I appreciate you two so much. And I agree. We have come so far. And before, like, before joining the program, the thing that really led me to the program is we were in, in a pretty desperate spot. I felt like I felt like it was I felt like it was pretty much the end. I didn't know what else to do. And I am so thankful that Cassie found me. And I am so thankful that Josh talked me into <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about that you know we're gonna talk about that oh. and i i appreciate matt's being like well hey if if it'll if it'll potentially help us then we should do it so let me ask you this and and with all that stuff going on right i know you were saying that you were in a bit of a desperate spot and what was what was most for each of you? What was kind of the the most concerning thing when you when you did talk to us the first time? Like, was there something specific that happened in your relationship that kind of prompted you to go like, "Man, we need help," or was it kind of the, just the buildup of things? For me, it wasn't one specific thing. It was um, the repetition of the down cycles that we would have with the the arguing and the things that were hurtful. And the resentment that would build from that, not understanding on my part why the cycle continues. I just felt stuck and trapped. Not one specific thing, no. 
Oh, I just wanted to add that it's it's great listening to the two of you talk and having to think back so hard. Yeah. Right. Um, I just wanted to note that because it's like I was thinking that actually it's, it's fun to watch it be like, what was the bad stuff again? So, right. You know, it, it's what was, what was wrong with us at the time? I don't remember. <laughs> and there were there were and you, you only have to go into as much details as you're comfortable with. But, but you know, beyond the broken trust and the arguing and you, there, there was quite a bit of arguing going on, wasn't there, if I remember correctly? Had that gotten pretty regular at one point? It's weird looking back on that in retrospect and having gone through the course because so much of what happened prior to the knowledge we gained through the course, we can look back on from this vantage point and be like, oh, well, we fucked up because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. And a lot of that knowledge, I guess, has been compartmentalized in a, a back storage area because I don't have to worry about it because that's <laughs> we we figured out ways to not do that kind of prevent ignorant stuff. I mean, it was basically not ignorant as in you're so stupid, but just we, we were ignorant to certain knowledges and certain aspects of relationships and communications and what's okay, what's not okay, what we should say, how we should express ourselves to each other. I mean, there's so much that in retrospect, well, we didn't know how to talk to each other about even what the hell we wanted or what the hell we didn't want. You know, we didn't we didn't have tools to discuss those things. We didn't know how to talk about that kind of stuff. Without it turning right, without it turning into a <clears throat> right, without without one of us taking what the other one's saying personally, mm-hmm. and it's turning into an argument or a fight or just a, a screw you, I'm going to bed. Or did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. Presidential debate. <laughs> uh, yes, both. Okay. No, you answered it. And last question, I want to move on out of this because I know you two have a lot of amazing stuff to share and I want to move out of the the where stuff was. But there was some, and you only share as much as you're comfortable with because I know there's another person wrapped up in this too. But there was, so you two had some challenges in the relationship for a while, but then you opened up and you started this new relationship, right? And there were some specific challenges around that with like agreements and things like that. As much as you're comfortable, like, would you mind talking a little bit about where you ran into trouble and got stuck with some of that stuff? Well, the first thing we did in retrospect was we made a rule, which like, I don't remember which module it's in, but that's one of the first things we actually talked about on the phone was about rules are for you. Rules are not for your partner and things like that. But we made a rule, which to any human being means it's a rule. It's black and white. And it got broken. And so there was a lot of frustration and upset and anger and hurt over the breaking of that rule. And then come to find out, well, we were kind of ignorant to make a rule as opposed to making an agreement. And some really cool people told us how to do that. (laughs) And what was so cool about that, right, was actually a lot of that was based around just, um, I'll hang on to that. But what was really cool about that was also to watch not just you two make an agreement there, but was to watch how as people got more comfortable with the relationship and more confident with where you two were at, how that kind of shifted, how you two got more comfortable with that as you went. So um, let's 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 move out of this, right? Because you two have done fantastic, and I'm, I'm let's let's start talking about how amazing you two have done instead of and where things were at. So go ahead, Cass. You want to. Why don't you go ahead and and tell us like, you know, why it was so important for the two of you to fix your relationship? Why was it important for the two of you to to find help and and to change what was going on? Because we love each other and we have no desire to not be with each other. And she made me promise before we got married that we would be married for like 70 years like her grandpa, her great grandparents were. And I'm not about to go through all the dating and meeting someone and investing in another big relationship ever again in my life because, you know, there's a history there that is depressing and I, we can go into it, but we don't no, need to. No, we don't need to. That's not really, that so, wasn't really relevant. You guys look like you're in a good mood and I don't want to bring that down. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, uh, well, I'll just say for, for the people listening, it, it didn't have anything to do with relationship stuff has to do with health stuff and things like that. So, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. For me, I would like to answer that. Uh, I've known Matt since I was 15 years old. I have loved this man for a very long time. Um, I loved him for a very long time before I fell in love with him. 
and then we we started a family and we work so well together when we are good we are so fucking good we are the dream team i like i feel like I feel like we're the dream team. I feel like we're Beyonce and Jay-Z. Like when we're good, when we're on, we're on. It sounds ridiculous, but it makes me feel powerful. Without all the Jay-Z limo infidelity, but yeah. (laughs) We're just such an amazing team. And I knew it was still there because we've had it before. We just had to find it again. And we needed help with that. Absolutely. I think, and you bring up such a good point because I think a lot of people lose sight of that, right? Like a lot of people get to that point of struggling and they forget a lot of times, like they forget where they're at when they're at their best together and when the problems aren't there, right? Like when the problems are fixed, like when those things are taken care of, like how good they are together. And we all have that, right? That's, that's why we got together with our partner in the first place. Like, we don't we don't sign up because the, because it sucks and we don't like the person, right? Like it's it's so no, that's such a fantastic point. And what what had you two tried uh, to to fix things? Like how would you try to fix things before you found us? What did you try to do with that? Well, we tried talking, <laughs> just weren't doing it the right way. Uh-huh. Talking would ease into just arguing and blaming and you know, everything being one person's fault or the other and counseling, counseling, done counseling individually and together. Um, books, uh, books, I guess. Two different counselors, um, which I, I'm not opposed to. I do think they have their purpose, but this is, this program is totally different from individual counseling or even couples counseling. It's a whole, it's a whole nother focus and more accountability. So counseling, books, talking to talking to friends that may have been through something similar or are doing something yeah. similar, which that can tend to be hurtful to the relationship as well. So drinking less, drinking more. <laughs> I mean, we've tried all sorts of stuff. So what when you say that you were you, you tried talking to friends that could be harmful to the relationship, why why did you find that to be harmful with that? Like what happened? When, when I get to a spot that I feel mentally stuck and caged, I'm also very paranoid. Yay, mental health issues. So when I get to that spot of paranoia, I'm not fully able to trust Matt because I don't really know what his actual intention is. For me, I need to be able to talk to multiple people that I trust to make sure that perhaps my feelings are valid or not valid because my friends will tell me. Um, nah, some of them will tell me. Uh, I, think you're, I think you're taking it a little too far. So sometimes I need that to kind of level out my, my, my own thoughts. But... Matt is opposite and he finds that challenging for our relationship when I divulge personal information or intimate information. Um, And that's turned into a lot of arguments. So being able to have the check-ins and communicate with each other on a regular basis and not allowing all these feelings to bottle up to avoid that explosion, I don't anymore get to a point where I feel like I, I'm, I'm trapped and I can't say what, what I need to say. I'm not afraid to say what I feel like I need to say. And the other thing I was curious about is you mentioned counseling and you, you, you're like a lot of people that we talked to where you went to, you, you went to a few counselors, I think, or a couple at least, right? And, and what was, you know, I'm curious, what was it, the difference for you between this and couples counseling to where the couples counseling hadn't kicked these problems? And it, it really hadn't even kicked the, the stuff that wasn't specific to Polly, right? Like the arguing and some of that other stuff that was going back. What do you think was the difference that this helped you where that hadn't really given you the change that you want? Counselor never told either one of us to just own our shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that's a quick way to end a client. But that's the, probably the simple answer for me is that counselors don't rarely, I shouldn't say they don't, but they 
rarely are so blunt and direct and instructional. In my experience, it's more about guided self-discovery, which in a lot of cases is the better way to do things. But once in a while, someone's got to put a boot in your ass and say, dude, the, you can't blame that on them. That's all you. And that's shit that people don't like to hear. But we paid you, so you told us. So awesome. <laughs> we, we needed that kick in the ass. Yeah. Um, my, my personal opinion about why it's so different is because in, in order to actually counsel people, there's such rigid guidelines that they have to follow in order mm -hmm. to keep their license. One of the things that they can't do with a license is talk about their own personal shit. Um, so that kind of takes out some of the, the, the relatability, the personability that we get with y'all. The structure is totally different. So going into a, a, an hour counseling session is basically for me in the past has just been a vent session. Like this is all the bullshit I've dealt with this week. Okay. I was able to get that out, but it, there wasn't a whole lot of tools as y'all call them, there wasn't a whole lot of tools to leave with to work on throughout the week. Right. And it definitely wasn't tools that we would work on together or simultaneously. Or homework. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so interesting that you said that you feel like counselors are handicapped a little bit by the rules. I, I'm actually kind of inclined to agree with you. You know, the, the thing is, We've taught, well, I mean, first off, we deal with a lot of people who deal with counselors. But, you know, we have therapists and counselors who we've talked to who have been looking for relationship help who have told us like, hey, you know, we're not actually allowed to tell people what to do. And which, and, and I think you're right. I think that is handicapping, right? Because when you're going to somebody and you're paying them for help and you're like, they're like, okay, that's great. Like, so what do you think you should do? And you're like, well, I think if I knew what I should do, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, that's, that's a really great observation. I've never had anybody phrase it quite like that, but I think that you're a hundred percent right. Do you remember Elizabeth asking y'all for like kind of the outline and all that stuff of the program before us making a decision? Cards on the table. We have one, two, one PhD clinical psychologist been in practice, private practice, private practice now for 10 years, retired from uh, uh, a government agency that he worked at for 30 years as a clinical psychologist. Um, he's a friend of ours, been a friend of mine for 20 years. We had him look at it and he go, this actually looks really reasonable. <laughs> First time I'm hearing um, that. Yeah, I didn't know That's that. That's pretty cool though. But it was, it was very important for me for, to get the green light from him because we trust and love him very much, and he's very smart with shit. Oh, he's smarter than both of us. <laughs> that's awesome. In a lot of ways. No, that's, that's actually really cool to hear. I was not aware of that. See, we learn something new every day. So my next question is going to kind of tie into also where you were looking for, for, for some help, because... Elizabeth, you, you kind of turn to like Facebook groups and, and things like that to try to get some advice too. Yes, that's something else you asked earlier. What all have we done? So reading books, I joined a whole bunch of Facebook groups to see if maybe somebody else was posting about similar issues we were having. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the, one, the one you dined in on was ridiculous. I, uh, when I was reading through it, I wanted to reach through the computer slap people so one reason my mother and grandmother are english teachers and some <laughs> of the crap these people were saying that just proved a complete lack of reading comprehension it was like what are you even talking about so slap yeah. there and then There's the that. other ones attacking my wife through facebook which happens all the damn time but it doesn't make me as a husband any less frustrated because it's on the computer probably more so because of the absolute cowardice of you know keyboard warriors but anyway sorry it's just, keyboard warriors that just, mm. which is entertaining exciting endearing that's it no it's and, an e-word it, it's an e-word it was uh endearing that he got upset because we we were kind of at rock bottom at that point so for him to get as upset as i was so yeah the rule had been broken um that was very hurtful for me um and 
after doing all these other things, counseling, reading books, reading all these threads from other people, talking to other people, I didn't have the answer for that, that scenario. So for the first time ever, I posted something on a poly group and yeah, they, uh, they ate me alive. And, uh, thankfully Cassie saw it and responded very nicely and was like, Hey, we happen to have these podcasts. And then she was also very nice about y'all don't know her story. She's reaching out for help. Like she's obviously needing some advice you give her a break. So, um, that's what I did immediately like the whole day mm -hmm. that's all i did was listen to y'all's podcast she and sent like, me links and i started listening to them mm -hmm. that, that's where honestly that's where it started building so yeah i got my ass chewed and it sucked and, and it pissed me off and it pissed him off but i'm thankful it happened because cassie found us and led us to your podcast which is really where we started connecting again was just listening to the podcast ah oh, that makes me so mad yeah. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but it's one of those things that really gets under my skin and makes me so angry is seeing someone reach out for help in their community, right? It's supposed to be your community. It's supposed to be a place where you're supposed to be able to reach out for the help and having folks just attack you versus trying to actually give you education, trying to steer you in the right direction, even if you're wrong. For real insight. And like to be attacked like that and not know the full story, like not knowing that this is all three of us, our first poly relationship, like all of this is brand new for us. We're only a couple months into the first time we've ever done this thing. And, um, yeah, it was hurtful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I won't even say to be fair, it has nothing to do with fair. It was not a great rule, but it was all right. agreed to. It was broken. You were reaching out asking for help because you were hurt. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still, I'm still a little hurt about that for you. That, that was when you told me that when we were on our call the first time, that just pissed me off so much. Well, and I, I need to say. I don't know if I said it back then, but I need to say now that I really appreciate Cassie coming through and basically saying, y'all motherfuckers back the fuck off of her. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> because I wouldn't have said it nearly that when you said it much nicer than that. <laughs> um, thank you. No problem. You know that. Came to my wife's defense and wrote in on a black keyboard of justice <laughs> and said, y'all need to back the fuck up. So you mentioned after the, the podcast, you know, you got the podcast, you started listening. What made you decide to sort of go a little bit further and, and, and talk to us? Or was it the podcast? You had a lot of episodes that was speaking like directly to a lot of the issues that we were dealing with. And the counselor we had been going to is completely unfamiliar with the poly world. So one, you were able to give your own stories. Two, it's this whole brand new world that I'm just learning about. Three, it was speaking to shit directly that Matt and I were dealing just the two of us. And then a lot of it was this shit we're dealing with with for the three of us. So it was worth making that phone call, that initial phone call to see what you would say about our relationship personally. So speaking of that first phone call, I told you I was going to, I was going to bring you back around to this, Elizabeth. So the first we, seven phone calls. Yeah. So we talked and you were, uh, you were a little skeptical, right? A little, a lot, <laughs> a little skeptical, a lot skeptical. You have a way of understating things, sir. I do. I do. It's a talent. So, <laughs> I'm I'm just curious. So Elizabeth, when we were talking the first time, you know, and and the, the second time, and the so like, did you think we were crazy? Did you think it wasn't going to work? What was your What was your biggest concern? Well, the point where we were in our relationship, not knowing if there was a way for us to make it out together. The last thing I want to do is throw some money towards something that I'm not sure about. So I did, I didn't want to get scammed. I'm trying to 
to help fix this shit so we can mm -hmm. stay together for 70 years, damn it. I don't want to throw this money and then it not go anywhere. So now the relationship could potentially end and we're out of money. And that's that's completely understandable. I think you're the first person who sent me a message that says, is this a scam? And I'm, I'm curious for you, what made you decide it wasn't, though? I don't know if we decided it wasn't a scam until we actually got in it, honestly. But we decided it was worth the investment to I, give it a shot because nothing else had worked. That's my take for me personally. I think you did a damn good job, Josh. That phone call was only supposed to last an hour, and it, it lasted quite a yeah. bit longer than that. And you asked a lot of really good questions that were very personal to the relationship plus you had things to say in response that were helpful it wasn't just digging for information and then okay well that's part of this log it's just information you actually had some feedback to go along with that and there was some there was some accountability in that conversation too yeah yeah i i really liked how you responded. I thought it was awesome. You spent quite a bit longer on the phone than we had anticipated. I knew I was giving you a bunch of shit, I guess more shit than you were used to. <laughs> and you saying that was one of your first calls, one of the, what do you call it? The, the, the breakthrough calls. calls. Yeah. I've done more of the coaching. Yeah, that was, that was one, one of your my first, first breakthrough calls. calls. I know I was giving you your run for your money and I know you were <laughs> upset and frustrated, but you hit it very well. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, I told Cassie after I was like, I was glad you sent me that through a text message. I don't know how well I would have handled that. How do I know I'm, you're not scamming? me and in and at the time on voice but you know i i actually i really appreciate but the fact of the matter is like it's hard to know that right and it's a scary thing to make that decision make that commitment and a lot of people are scared and i appreciate your honesty both back then and now like even matt saying that you know i don't know if we decided it wasn't a scam we just decided the relationship was worth trying like and nothing else had worked like i appreciate the honesty with that right because Really, at the end of the day, nothing is sure. And it's really that decision of, like you said, like nothing else has worked. Do we think this can help? Do we have a better option? No. Well, our relationship's worth trying to make it work. And I think that that's, uh, I think that that's fantastic. Let me ask you this. So, so you came in and with that, what was the first thing we told you to do once you were in the program that you were kind of like, man, like this is crazy. Like, are we really going to, like, are you really telling us to do this? Are we really going to try this? Crazy. Uh, nothing. I'm like, yes. That, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's when I knew. Like, when I, when I saw the modules and I started <laughs> listening and there was an actual structure to the program, I'm like, yes, this is what we needed. I don't think any of it felt like this is crazy. Okay. So what were, what were some of the first changes you noticed in your relationship after making that decision? What were some of the first things that started happening like right away that started shifting for you too? The first week was a, a huge change. Just the first week. Yeah. So it was like... Just the knowledge of the commitment we made had an impact on both of us, I think. And then putting together our notebooks and picking out pictures and writing down the first celebrations. This instant reconnect in so many ways. It was. It, it was very, very, very exciting to go from where we were just before we committed to being in the program to only a week into the program and thinking that we still have a lot more weeks to go and yeah. we've already made this much progress in one week. It's very impressive. So good job y'all for putting together a good program. <laughs> Thank you. I like to think it's pretty good. Um, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that just even drawing that line in the sand and getting started on those things made such a big shift. And with that, because you two have just continued to, and really this, this, the, I mean, the progress is really a, a huge part of it's on YouTube, right? Because I mean, you two have been so coachable. You've shown up, you've been absolutely committed to each other and to your other, your other relationship. Like you've shown up, you've done everything that we asked you to. You've done the hard work and the easy work, right? And the fun stuff and the not fun stuff maybe is a better way to put it, right? And so tell me tell me some about where, where are you two at today? So you two graduated here recently. What does your relationship look like now? And what are you most excited about? Our relationship now is night and day compared to where it was before we started the program. 
and probably better than either of us might have imagined it could be or exactly what we imagined maybe in the back of our minds our relationship could be. Our communication has improved just a hundredfold, if not more. The way we talk to each other instead of at each other. I mean, there's so many little things, but I personally feel like our relationship has a much better chance of going that full 70 years than I did before we started, for damn sure. Just so many positive changes on, you know, ownership and communication. And I agree. And Matt said night and day difference. For me, it's been a complete 180. Of course, we still have issues, but our blowups aren't nearly what they were before. And now we have the tools to work through them as opposed to them getting bigger than they need to be. And it's gotten to a point for me personally that I'm no longer questioning where this relationship is going. And that's very comforting to continue through life with my husband that I love dearly without questioning where are we going to be in a few months? Where are we going to be in a year? I don't question that anymore. We, uh, you know, we, 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 we share things about, about our clients, right? We've got your, uh, Out. we've got your, uh, your picnic, we've got your picnic thing up where you, you two, I, I have to give you creative points on going out and finding a place on the property to, to picnic in the, in the whole quarantine situation. That was fantastic. That was hot. Yeah. That was a good thing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go to the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> that was an amazing night. <laughs> How much does that passion come back from where it was at? The scary thing about polyamory and the fear of potentially losing your partner because there are other partners to be intimate with is a big thing. And I think a lot of people are reluctant to try that kind of relationship because the fear of, and honestly, it had an effect that I didn't expect at all. We had some, some huge bumps, but making it over those bumps and being where we are now has proven to me, it's proven to me in action what Matt's been telling me for years. I needed to see his responses to these things. So it brought us closer together for sure. I trust him more than I did before, which is surprising. I believe him more when he tells me how much he loves me and how much he wants to be with me and how attracted he is to me. I didn't believe him that much before. It was like, I'm your wife. You're supposed to say those things. But now there's another, and he still finds me attractive. He still loves me. He still wants to be with me. So it's, it's been really, really good on lots of levels. So I had wanted to ask you to, I was going into this, and I was like, I have to ask you to, to share the chicken story, because that was <laughs> one of the most adorable antidotes from you two being in the program. Would you two mind talking about that for a second? Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet she does. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me about the chickens, Elizabeth. So everybody else here, I have to tell you, I have a couple times now talking to people, mentioned mentioned uh, uh, chicken pictures in our Facebook group, and then find myself having to explain to people what exactly I'm talking about. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the chickens. Like I said before, prior to the program, I wasn't really sure where our relationship was going and there's no way I was going to invest in anything that would be difficult if we were to split up. And along those lines, we've been talking about chickens the whole time we've lived on, or I've lived on this property. I've been wanting chickens. Matt had lots of critters before I started living here. I love critters. I want lots of critters. I want a whole farm. I want a zoo. Uh, but he says, no, no critters. If we get any critters, you're taking care of them. Okay, that's fine. So I've had a few dogs, four cats. So yeah, that's always been the deal. If a critter comes to this house, it's my job to take care of it. He's not going to help me. And then the program happened and then spring happened 
and then the quarantine happened and plants are shutting down and it's like, hey Matt, I think it's time for us to get chickens. He said, okay. I'm like, wait, what? He said, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. So it, it wasn't a thought in my head whatsoever about until after we had purchased them and they were home, I didn't even think about months ago, this would have never happened for me personally. I'm not sure if Matt would have jumped so quickly either with investing in a, a critter because it's the, the only critter we've decided to take care of together since baby. And it was like, a, there was no questions about it whatsoever. It was like, hey, Matt, I think we should get chickens. He said, okay. Like, yes, that's a huge win. That's like, that's like a nine-year win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was done with animals and livestock, and they're just a time suck and a money drain and everything else. And I get no benefit from any of them personally, but we'll give chickens a try. Why not? <laughs> well, and just hearing, I feel like that's such a huge indication of the shift, though, in security of where you two are at, right? Absolutely. That like we can't we can't get pets because then we don't know what's going to have to happen to the pets. To like we don't even have to think about it. And that's what you said when you did this, and we were on the group call before. You know, you we were talking about this before you shared the picture, where you know you were like, I, I didn't even we didn't even think about it. Like you didn't even realize how big a deal it was until after you did it, which I just thought was so fucking fantastic with the two of you. Seriously, I love you too so much. You have no Aww. idea. We're awfully fun of y'all too. So what are the big takeaways that you know you'd like folks who are are watching or listening to this to hear? What do you have, have for those folks? First one would be just flat out if you're in a place, if you're already here calling and looking and researching, it's worth it. Just fucking do it. <laughs> This, the logic we had, one of the points of logic we had in deciding to actually put the money on this thing was I, I looked at my wife and I said, look, we have each spent that much money individually on a fucking toy, an ATV, basically, or other things. And that's not something that helps our relationship. I mean, it does because it's, we can be away from each other very quickly. together. Or together, you know. Hanging out, doing fun stuff, doing picnics, in the same area. We can do that too, or we could just. But that was a really good point. So it's like, yeah, we've done years of reading and research, and talking to people and talking to counselors, and it was like, ah, oh, that's a it's a big investment. Plus, I'm skeptical, and he was like, look, look around us. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. It's, it's worth it. And I am so glad we did. I would definitely do it again. I would definitely pay for it again. Yeah. Um, so, and before I lose my thoughts, other big takeaways are if you're signed up and you're doing it, just do the fucking work. It's not laid out like where you have to spend 40 hours a week doing any of it. It's easy if you just sit down and do it. But it's all absolutely worth it. And it's all laid out in such a reasonable manner. You guys have put so much thought into the progression of the modules that each one builds upon the previous or the previous four or the previous eight, whatever it is. I mean, it all builds on itself and creates this amazing toolbox that honestly will help anyone in any relationship, in my opinion, not just folks who are struggling with polyamory, you know, and bringing a third into some shit that's already complex that you don't have a handle on. So uh, if, you're, if you're here looking at the website, just just fucking sign up it's worth it <laughs> nobody's ever accused you of not being blunt matt <laughs> it's one thing i love about him very much so I, I like no bullshit and that's something about the program too the both of you are no bullshit but you you do it very you do it very cautiously and uh <laughs> yeah I think so. No, they do. They yeah, because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of words that go through your head. You have to filter a little bit, but you're able to bring that person to realization with themselves without making them feel like a piece of shit. And I think that takes a lot of talent. <laughs> Honestly, I can uninterject. That was one of my favorite parts about so many of the of the group calls was getting to sit and listen, even to when we're talking. 
and watching your reactions or listening to other people talk and watching, not watching your reactions, but hearing the words come out of your mouth. And <laughs> forgive me if I'm completely off base, but there were rare occasions where I just stepped back and was like, wow, Josh or Cassie or whichever one, they just said, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Without saying that, they said something, well, let's, let's look at it from this viewpoint. And I was like, yeah, that's not what I always say. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> Must be that maintenance. Oh my god. Brain of mine. I'm like, don't talk people that. that. Brain. Uh, so like, you a fucking oh god. <laughs> not that hard a concept. But if you did that, you you know you would probably have people going, well, I plan on my money back. So kudos to you on knowing when and where. To say, okay, now you need to sit down and shut the fuck up. And other times to say, well, if you wouldn't mind taking a seat and let's just listen to what is being said and hear the words, which are basically the same statements. It's just one's much easier to take for most people. And you two, honestly, like I said, you two are both fantastic. And you <laughs> literally, oh my God, so much of that was hilarious. I choked. <laughs> Is it that well, obvious? Now, Elizabeth was like, you know, there's times when you can see you're like, oh, but then you're like, I'm afraid. I'm like, so when you get a text message that says, how do I know you're not going to run off my, my money? And you're like, hold on a second. No, yeah. no, but in all seriousness, you, you two, you two, you know, one thing that I loved about you both as well, you not just like what you did for yourselves and the transformation for yourselves, but you two added so much to other people in the program, you know, which is one of the great things about the group parts of this program now, right, um, is is giving people the opportunity to support each other. And you two were just such a positive influence and continue to be, right, now that you've, you've graduated and you moved on to to Momentum and we're still talking to you. Such, just such a good influence and such a great example for other people in the program. And like I said, it's just been a pleasure to watch. You know, I told you both here on, on one of these calls, you know, you were one of my first, I've done a lot of coaching, but you were one of my first breakthrough calls. And you may actually have been, I think you were the second group that I enrolled and watching your two's progression, getting to watch you two all the way from the start. And you know, it's, it's, uh, I was going back over some of my notes from our call a while back, just as a matter of course. And like, just looking at where you two came and you know, the, the fear around not knowing where things were going to go and, you know, with the relationship or with, with the, you know, if this was going to work for you, but just your commitment to each other and then watching you two translate that all the way through the program to now and watching all your celebrations and all the, like I said, like we have, we have so many things of like, uh, like the chickens or like the, the date, you know, like when you two went on the date with, with COVID and like j just watching how far you two have come and even just watching the differences in your interactions with each other over the last few weeks has just been just been so amazing. You two have just been an absolute. It's just been an absolute joy and a privilege to work with you both, and really, I, <laughs> you two have been amazing. Oh, thanks. So initially, I really liked seeing the structure of the modules and how it was going to be laid out, so I could mentally prepare for what's in the future. That helped a lot. I liked that each of us were working simultaneously. We were working parallel, but we were working parallel on things that are going to help us. And sometimes that parallel bridged together and we would work on things together. And I liked that the modules were, they were at your own pace. Like you have a week to do the homework for that week, which didn't take a lot of time, but it wasn't like it has to be done today. I liked just the whole structure of it. And I personally grew a lot more than I expected to, which is phenomenal. I enjoyed watching Matt grow personally. Y'all were able to pull things out of me that I have known needed to be pulled out, but I wasn't sure how to do that. So very appreciative of that. And then the, the weekly calls, I really liked the weekly calls too. And having that community, knowing what others are experiencing while they're going through the program as well. And a huge bonus 
at the end that I wasn't even aware of until we were close to graduating was that we still had access to all these modules, including the new ones that y'all were adding to. I didn't, I don't know how I didn't know that before, but it was like, what? Yes, that's so exciting. I'm not going to lose them and I can go back. And it's like, we, we still have, we still have all the access, even though we're, we're graduated. So I honestly can't say enough good things. And I agree with what Matt said that if you are in a place to where you've tried multiple things and for some reason the stars align to bring you or whoever to uh, the website or link or somebody sent it to you or whatever. If the stars aligned that you came here to question if this is going to benefit your relationship, just make that call, that breakthrough call, and uh, you'll figure it out from there. It's worth it. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. You're listening to a Touch of Flavor podcast. Blah, 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 blah. Also, it's the Touch of Flavor podcast. I, it, I was stuttering before that point. Okay, I'm going to take another sip of this water and actually swallow it and not breathe it in this time. How about that? There we go. You can do it. I can drink. I'm an adult. <clears throat> Maybe not. <laughs> As you fail at drinking again. <laughs> Shut up.